Hello and welcome back to Japan Memo, the AAAS Japan Chair Program podcast, where we are joined by experts, strategists, and practitioners to unpack why Japan matters in today's regional and global geopolitical landscape. I'm Mariko Togashi, AAAS Research Fellow for Japanese Security and Defense Policy. And I'm Yuka Koshino, Research Fellow for Security and Technology Policy at the AAAS. On this month's episode, we're delighted to welcome Matsubara Mihoko to take a deep dive into questions surrounding Japan's cybersecurity. Mihoko-san is the Chief Cybersecurity Strategist at NTT Corporation, as well as Associate Fellow for Cyber, Space, and Future Conflict here at the AAAS. At NTT, Mihoko-san is responsible for public advocacy to strengthen or expand networks with global thought leaders in academia, government and industry by sharing NTTs in Japan's cybersecurity efforts. Prior to her role there, she worked as Vice President and Public Sector Chief Security Officer for Asia-Pacific at Palo Alto Networks and served on the Japanese Government Cybersecurity Research and Development Policy Committee between 2014 and 2018. She also served at the Japanese Ministry of Defense from 2000 to 2009. Thank you very much, Mihoko-san, for being here to discuss what is a very important issue for Japan's national security. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start by talking about Japan's approaches to cybersecurity, especially after Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine and rising tensions in the Indo-Pacific. Russia's war on Ukraine has again brought hybrid warfare into the spotlight in Japanese debate. The type of warfare that combines military and non-military measures, including cyber attacks against command and control systems or disinformation campaigns. What are the lessons learned from the war in Ukraine on the role of cyber in hybrid warfare? And how has it impacted Japan's policy debate on issues around cyber? Thank you for the questions. Unfortunately, the war in Ukraine hasn't been over yet, but we started to observe some great lessons learned to how to enhance our security capabilities, not alone cyber security capabilities. I think that the war in Ukraine has reminded Japan of the importance in enhancing cybersecurity capabilities to protect our critical infrastructure companies, but also acquiring capabilities to counter hybrid warfare in cyber information and also electronic magnetic domains. Japan's already started to try to incorporate those lessons we learned from the wars into our security policies or strategies. For example, Japan is planning to update our Japan's defense strategy by the end of this year. And when the Japanese Liberal Democratic Party's policy and security committee members submitted their recommendations to Prime Minister Kishida this April, they refer to the urgent need to improve Japan's hybrid warfare and also cyber and intelligence capabilities. It's right that Japan's currently reviewing three documents related to national security and the defense policies and procurement strategies as well. It seems that the defense budget request, which was submitted for the next fiscal year, made the headlines outlining a lot of diverse new types of capabilities, including cyber. Was there anything that stood out to you? I was actually pleased to see the defense budget request by the Ministry of Defense and Self-Defense Forces for the next fiscal year because that document indicated that the self-defense forces will significantly increase the size of their cyber defense unit and also expand its cybersecurity curriculum 
available for Air Maritime and Ground Self-Defense Force at the Signal School run by the Japan Ground Self-Defense Force in Yokosuka. The cybersecurity curriculum has been there already over the last few years, not only for the ground self-defense force, but for the air and maritime self-defense force. The self-defense forces are trying to expedite their cybersecurity efforts to cultivate their next-generation cybersecurity personnel. I've already seen a local Japanese newspaper that reported a couple of weeks ago that the Signal School of the JGSDF will be renamed from Signal School to the Cyber Security School next fiscal year. It demonstrates how much the Japanese government, including the Japanese Ministry of Defense and also Civil Defense Forces, sees the crucialness of cybersecurity to incorporate into their defense strategy and actions. Very interesting. How about Japan's engagement with other like-minded partners? Has anything changed since Russia invaded Ukraine? Thank you for the questions. As a Japanese citizen and also a former Ministry of Defense, I'm also got a nice surprise to see the news that it was the Japanese Ground Self-Defense Force that hosted the first multilateral cyber exercise by any armed forces in the world after Russia's invasion of Ukraine on February 24. On March 1st, the Japanese Ground Self-Defense Force hosted multi-cyber exercise inviting Americans, French, Australians, Philippines, Indonesians, and Vietnam to not only talk about cyber attacks, but also to talk about hybrid warfare, because hybrid warfare is something going on in Ukraine right now. That multi-cyber exercise has been already pre-planned beforehand, but I'm sure that because it's named as a cyber exercise, it mainly only had focused on cyber security or cyber defenses. But as far as the Kyoto News article explains that the self-defense forces wanted to adapt quick lessons learned from the one week into the war in Ukraine to how to defend uh, better in collaboration with other like-minded countries. Mihoko-san, you explained Japan's perception on its own cyber capability and how Japan is increasingly seeing cyber capability more importantly. But I want to ask you about Japan's perception on other countries. China's rapidly increasing technological and cyber capabilities are a big worry for Japan, as demonstrated by Tokyo's 2021 cyber attribution to China over the 2016 JAXA hack. Taiwan has also become a victim of China's use of cyber in recent years, and Beijing has been escalating on that front. What are Japan's views on China's cyber capabilities, and how does this influence Japan's overall cyber security strategy? What are the potential implications for Japan of China's use of cyber against Taiwan? Each country has different traits of their cyber capabilities. You asked me about Chinese cyber capabilities. China tends to resort to cyber espionage, including cyber economic espionage, to steal intellectual property information. Of course, and China denies that. Rather than disruptive attacks, such as using wiper malware to wipe out crucial data out of IT systems to suspend your business operations. 
whereas Russia does disruptive cyber attacks with wiper malware and also cyber espionage. After U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taipei this August, the Chinese did a massive military drill near Taiwan. While Taiwan faced DDoS attacks on their government websites to take them down, and also defacement of 7-11 convenience stores TV displays, these attacks are more nuisance rather than disruption by wipe out malware attacks to suspend your business operations. Other experts are not so sure if those cyber attacks are done by any state-sponsored actors. I haven't seen any new cyber capabilities during this military exercise. I'm not sure if China is still observing our lessons from the war in Ukraine to acquire new capabilities or they just did nuisance by patriotic hackers. Let's dive deeper into Japan's cybersecurity capabilities. Last year, the WWS assessment on cyber capabilities and national power ranked Japan as a third-tier cyber power, along with Iran and North Korea, highlighting vulnerabilities in the lack of, for instance, concrete cyber doctrine and defense and offensive cyber capabilities. How would you assess the strengths and weaknesses in Japan's approaches when it comes to national security and defense? The WIWS cyber dossier focuses on the capabilities of each country's military and also intelligence, including offensive capabilities. Japanese cyber defense unit size is much smaller than, the, for example, American Cyber Command, which is close to 7,000 people, and also North Korean cyber units which would be closer to also 7,000 people. Russian's cyber unit is also around at least 1,000 personnel, and probably the Chinese would have tens of thousands of hackers. If you only take a look at the size of cyber defense unit or cyber offensive unit, Japan has uh, much smaller capabilities. Also, if you take a look at the budget spent by each country's government, American cyber security budget is two digits more than Japanese governments spent on cyber security. From these two types of numbers indicate that Japan is doing less in terms of cybersecurity. But cybersecurity or IT assets are not only owned by any government because most of our IT assets are owned by business companies and also critical infrastructure companies. So if you want to have a comprehensive overview of cybersecurity capabilities, you may also want to take a look at how well companies are doing for their cyber defenses from any cyber attacks from their own country or outside of their country, and also how what kind of IT or cybersecurity industry they have and how diversified emerging technologies each country has to support their IT revolutions and their innovations and also to utilize for cyber defenses. 
Also, I'd like to highlight the fact that democratic and authoritarian countries have totally different views on the use of cybersecurity personnel. Democratic countries will not use their cyber means to influence other countries' democratic election campaigns to change the results of the elections or to divide uh, democratic discussions. Or they will not resort to cyber economic espionage to use stolen intellectual properties to flourish their own industry. It is very difficult for any organizations to uh, gorge or measure other countries' cybersecurity capabilities because in most cases, documents on cybersecurity capabilities are not very well uh, revealed in the, even in their own language and also in English. And Japan hasn't published many English documents to explain about what kind of cybersecurity efforts Japan has been doing. So it will be a bit challenging for non-Japanese organizations to understand now what Japan is trying to do. This kind of efforts to gauge and understand what cybersecurity efforts other countries are doing from intelligence perspectives, military perspectives, and also critical infrastructure or policy perspectives, these discussions are much needed to understand what kind of cybersecurity gaps we need to fulfill next for our own country or in collaboration with our allies and also like-minded countries. So I really appreciate that WIWS published this report last year. It already has created great discussions how to defend better about our IT assets. Thank you very much for that very important point about the role of businesses and the capabilities that they have. Going back to defense, you mentioned Japan's effort to expand, for instance, the cyber defense unit. And we talked a little bit about the budget and ongoing review on the national security documents. Could you elaborate more on Japan's more offensive side of cyber capabilities? Does Japan's constitution limits any kinds of offensive capabilities outside of the cyber realm? But there's discussions in Japan also around active defense could you elaborate on what that means in the Japanese context? It's a challenging question to receive because Japan doesn't talk much about offensive capabilities in the public domain anyway, especially around cyber offensive capabilities, even in Japanese. I do know that the previous Japanese government-issued defense documents talked a bit about the need to be able to counter cyber attacks by various means, maybe including some offensive capabilities. But even those documents in Japanese didn't go into details. So I'm not sure what kind of offensive cyber capabilities uh, Japan is currently trying to obtain. We are having a really intriguing discussions around active cyber defense toward the crafting of the final version of Japan's defense strategy. And also, I've seen some confusion about the definition of active cyber defense 
the when we started to see the first definition of the active cyber defense was back in 2011, almost 11 years ago. It was the U.S. Department of Defense that published the strategy of operating in cyberspace, and they defined active cyber defense as Department of Defense synchronized real-time capability to discover, detect analyze and mitigate threats and vulnerabilities. And as you can see, this sentence doesn't indicate any offensive capabilities. It only talks about defensive capabilities. Somehow, some people in other countries, including Japan and the United States, started to talk about active cyber defense includes offensive capabilities as well to hack back. So when and if the Japanese new defense strategy refers to the need to have active cyber defense. The Japanese government really needs to be careful about the definition because otherwise there might be a confusion now when we do a, a joint exercise or joint collaborations to address a shared cyber threat from any other state-sponsored actors or the massive cyber criminal groups. Thank you, Mihoko-san. You explained Japan's cyber capability in a comparative manner. So I'd like to now ask you Japan's initiatives on the cooperative front. As information and communication technology can be increasingly weaponized, there is an urgent need for states to cooperate to reduce threats emanating from cyberspace. What are some critical multilateral cooperation initiatives and policies on global, bilateral, or domestic issues of cybersecurity that Japan is a part of or has helped create? The NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence are based in Tallinn, Estonia, has been hosting a big annual cyber exercise since 2010. And right now, more than 2,000 people participating from over 30 countries, even though that Japan is not the member of the NATO framework, Japan is the member of the NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence because Japanese Ministry of Defense and also Self-Defense Forces see the importance of cybersecurity from defense or security perspectives. The Japanese government started to participate in this annual cyber exercise called Locked Seals. Last year, Japan worked with the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command. This year, Japan worked with the British Ministry of Defense and military. Because this exercise has become so popular, so your country actually has to team up with another country to participate in this exercise. This is part of NATO exercise, so that I'm sure that the U.S. Department of Defense and the military have so many other choices to send cyber personnel from people who are stationed in Europe. They chose to send Indo-Pacific Command in Hawaii. So this demonstrates how much they value the concept of the free and open Indo-Pacific in collaboration with the Japanese counterpart. The second year, Japan teamed up with the British counterparts. 
the Japanese Ministry of Defense and Self-Defense Forces brought in other civilian agencies, such as National Police Agency and the Ministry of Economy and Trade and Industry, and also Japanese critical infrastructure companies, because this cyber exercise and locked seals test thousands of active cyber attacks on different parts of critical infrastructure, such as financial sector or electricity. So you have to work together well with uh, critical infrastructure companies in private sector. So I am really pleased to see that even from the beginning that the Japanese started to see the need to closely collaborate with other countries, but also the need of the cross public private partnerships. I hope that the Japanese attitude to bring in different parts of critical infrastructure companies and also civilian agency and also from defense will spur a good discussions from other like-minded countries such as the United States and the UK to do better to protect our critical infrastructure companies in the future. Japan bringing in various actors, including the private sector, is consistent with how you said we should measure cyber capability in the previous question. You touched on three security strategy documents at the beginning. With the upcoming revisions of Japan's main three security strategy documents, the National Security Strategy, the National Defense Program Guidelines, and the Medium Term Defense Program due at the end of 2022, how do you think cybersecurity should be incorporated into these revisions? The ongoing war in Ukraine uh, demonstrated that cyber attacks are both cyber espionage and cyber disruption by attacks will be used in combination of kinetic attacks such as missiles or bombing and also jamming and uh, disinformation campaigns. I don't think that cyber attacks would be used as a standalone means to in a wartime in the future because the synchronization or combination of other means in other domains would be keys to be effective and more efficient in war. It casts another question to Japan and also its partnering countries. How Japan can address the need to improve uh, Japan's capabilities to counter hybrid warfare in multi-domains, not only cyber, but also information or electromagnetic domains, and how to cultivate next-generation people who are versed not only on cybersecurity, but also on different domains. Cybersecurity itself would require consistent education and training to understand not only about intelligence and military, but also about technologies and computer bios, network, and also other languages to understand the motivation. That would be a massive task for Japan to generate next generation are capable uh, self-defense forces personnel who understand multi-domains warfare at strategic level, but also uh, tactical level to produce a good defense strategy. But also in a crisis, you have to have uh, tactical decisions. Looking at cybersecurity from a slightly different angle, 
Japan has pioneered the concept of economic security, creating a ministerial-level position to coordinate its approach across the whole of government and society, adding an economic security push to the National Security Secretariat and pushing the adoption of this concept at home and abroad. Yoko-san, how does cybersecurity fit into Japan's economic security framework? Japan enacted the new Economic Security Act this year. So it's still brand new. The legislation focuses on supply chain risk management, emerging technologies, and critical infrastructure protection. And all of these are so huge to grapple with. To protect all of them, you have to be aware that attackers, either state-sponsored actors or criminals, including cyber criminals, are always trying to attack the weakest link. So it may be from physical domains by human spies, but it can be also done by cyber means because you reduce the risk to get caught. The question we should ask is how we can enhance our cyber defenses because attackers are always trying to attack the vulnerabilities in our IT systems and they are also really good at uh, breaking rules to quickly adapt new technologies to go around your cyber defenses to penetrate into your network to steal your intellectual property or defense intelligence or even disrupt your electric power or water supplies. That is why that I really appreciate that the Japanese government saw the necessities to incorporate all of the important elements of economic security into one package as this the inaugural Economic Security Act. Cybersecurity needs to be incorporated as part of Japan's risk management and also defense and economic security strategy in the future. But to do that, because supply chains is not end within the border of Japan, we have to collaborate with other countries like the United Kingdom and the United States. So that is why the international collaboration is also very crucial. Going back to the role of businesses, I'm very interested since your role as NTT, as a chief cybersecurity strategist, could you give us your sense on the current pulse of the awareness of cybersecurity at Japan's commercial and civilian level, especially around the CEOs? I must say that the Japanese senior business executives, including chief executive officers and the presidents, have been raising their cybersecurity awareness a lot since Tokyo was selected to host the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympic and Paralympic Games. Why? Because we've seen how the United Kingdom took advantage to be a host of London 2012 Summer Olympic and Paralympic Games to enhance your national cybersecurity capabilities. People may think that the Olympic and Paralympic Games are not only sports events. Of course, you cheer for your favorite teams or your country. But also, this is a very political because you invite VIPs like a president and prime ministers from all over the world, 
probably not during the, the COVID pandemic. But and also, it provides a great platform to, to show your innovations to the rest of the world. And it also provides great opportunities for tourism. One single game incorporates many different types of stakeholders. It can open up our new vulnerabilities to cyber attackers. So that is why it is so challenging for the host of any Olympic and Paralympic Games because they have a massive attack surface to protect from cyber attackers. Very interesting that these kind of global forums provide opportunities to invite the various stakeholders related to cybersecurity. Would you say that the government is providing frameworks and infrastructure for public-private cooperation to enhance cybersecurity? And what does the economic security framework offer in terms of opportunities? And what are the key remaining challenges for Japan's private sector to enhance its cybersecurity? During the eight-year journey to prepare for Tokyo 2020, not only the Japanese government, but also the Japanese industries started to take more initiatives to create long-term cybersecurity strategy and policies to look beyond 2020. Because we all know that cyber attackers will never stop doing the cyber attacks after 2020 for miracle reasons. The Japanese government started to create a sector-based cybersecurity guidelines to nurture each critical infrastructure sectors to better defend their companies. And also that the critical infrastructure companies started to work together to share their cyber defense best practices beyond the border of each sectors so that they can actually share how to better defend Japanese critical infrastructure, but also how to cultivate cybersecurity professionals in collaboration with other companies, but also in collaboration with academia and the government. Over the last eight years, the cybersecurity awareness level of the Japanese government and also industry have significantly advanced. You mentioned the sector-based guidelines, and I'd like to ask you a little bit about defense industry. We've seen Japanese defense companies being attacked as well as other companies. Do you think defense industries are specifically aware and taking extra approach or is MOD taking extra step to enhance defense industry cyber capabilities? The Japanese defense ministry issued a new cybersecurity guidelines, which is equivalent to American counterparts. It means that kind of guidelines would give uh, more assurance, uh, not only to the Japanese defense industry, but also their counterparts in different countries that Japan collaborate with, that Japan is doing more for cybersecurity to defend not only the ministry, but also the sensitive defense capabilities and technologies. Thank you, Mihoko-san. This brings to our Japan Memo questions that we ask all of our guests. So the first question is, do you have a book recommendation for listeners who wish to understand Japan? I'd like to introduce my cybersecurity book I published in Japanese from Shinchosha in November 2019. In my job, I talk to a wide variety of people who are not necessarily technical. 
I found out over the last several years that everybody in Japan or other countries are more interested in cybersecurity. But they are also all kind of scared or intimidated by the large number of technical terminologies. Also, the fact that some cyber attacks do not necessarily have visible impacts or damages, unlike water leaks or missile launches to kill or destroy our people and buildings. That's why I thought that I should write a book to focus more on people rather than technology. I talked about how countries recruit young hackers under what kind of cybersecurity strategy and what kind of life cyber criminals have, how they actually use money they earn from cyber criminal activities and what kind of day-to-day operations ethical hackers are doing to protect our country or organizations, and what keeps those ethical hackers motivated under daunting pressures to keep up with technical evolutions. This book luckily won an award from Okawa Foundation for Information and Telecommunication last year. I hope some of you may want to take a look at my book. Yeah, congratulations, Miyuko-san, on your award. I think I saw that on Twitter. We'll, of course, put the translation as well uh, of, the, of the title on, on the website uh, for the listeners. So the second question would be, what do you think people often get wrong about Japan? Some people, including Japanese, believe that the Japanese cybersecurity is so lagging behind looking at the size of self-defense forces cyber defense unit and also scarce availability of English documents on Japan cybersecurity efforts. Lots of people actually don't know about how successful it was in terms of the Tokyo 2020s cyber defenses. Even though that Tokyo 2020 faced unprecedented crisis, they faced cyber attacks as many as twice as many compared to uh, London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games. What Japan really needs to do is to explain about now what Japan is doing and how Japan is trying to fill in the gap of cybersecurity because it will give assurance to like-minded countries, including Australia and the United States and uh, the UK. But also it can work as deterrence to hostile nations and also the cyber criminal groups. Because if they don't see that Japan is doing better for cyber defenses, then maybe they feel more motivated to try uh, the, the, the weakest link in the Japanese systems. And Japan's our network is also connected to other countries. So Japan is also not only responsible to protecting ourselves, but also responsible to protecting sensitive technologies and intelligence and information owned by other countries. So that is why that I really appreciate that IISS country invited me to share what Japan is doing better for cybersecurity and how Japan has been collaborating more with other like-minded countries. So thank you so much.
Thank you, Mihoko-san, and I hope our podcast episode on help Japan to deter our attacks from hostile nations or criminals. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on another episode of Japan Memo. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Japan Memo on the podcast platform of your choice. For more insightful analysis, I also encourage you to look at past research by the Japan Chair Program and the Double Eye of Us on our website. We also hope to connect with you on Twitter, where we are active sharing the latest news and analysis on everything Japanese geopolitics and more. You can find us at, at Togashi Mariko and at Yuka Koshino and Mihoko san at, at M underscore Miho underscore JPN. Thanks again and see you next time. <laughs>